Cannabis Commerce continues to cultivate new markets for adventurous entrepreneurs. CannabisRadio.com welcomes the adventurous to cannabis and commerce. Presented by GreenBiz.com. This show brings together cannabis entrepreneurs and industry experts to discuss today's important cannabis issues. Our discussions will chronicle the challenges faced by cannabis owners and the battles surrounding cannabis nationwide. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome to Cannabis and Commerce. I'm your host, Josh Miller, and this is the show where we take an in-depth, inside look at the happenings of the cannabis industry. Today, I'm joined by two good friends of mine, Eric Ogden and David Busby of Weed Tracker. Eric and David, thanks for joining us today. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks. Can you guys tell me a little bit about Weed Tracker? What is Weed Tracker, and what role do you all play in the legal cannabis industry? Uh, the Weed Tracker is a software solution for the traceability and the uh, compliance requirements that the Washington State has put on all the I-502 licensees. When you say traceability requirements, what, what exactly does that mean? What do the licensees have to do? Uh, the licensees got to register and get a unique ID for every plant, for every uh, inventory lot, uh, groups of inventory. You know, a, a collection of seeds, 50 seeds, has a unique identifier. And they want to know everything you do with that when you plant one, when it turns into a, a, an actual growing plant, when you move the plant from one room of your facility to the next, when you harvest, when you take that harvest and bundle it into a lot. When you move that lot into a different room, when you quarantine it, when you move it to another vendor and sell it to them, yeah, all those steps. So you're basically telling me that every bit of cannabis that a consumer buys in a store um, has to be tracked from the beginning of that plant's life all the way to the sale of that product? So this type of software that you guys have is called seed-to-sale tracking, even though it may not track uh, specifically from a seed to the sale because a lot of growers use clones instead of seeds. But why is seed-to-sale tracking so important to this new legitimate industry? Well, that's a good question. Uh, this is Eric. Uh, I'm in business development with Weed Tracker. And so the whole reason for seed-to-sale compliance tracking is because this is a new industry, obviously. Um, they're moving what already existed in the black market into a regulated industry for taxation and regulation and uh, testing and all of those other good things. Um, and so under the I-502 license, uh, under the I-502 licensing requirement in Washington state, the law that legalized cannabis, um, they specify that you have to track everything from seed to sale. And so we're taking a little bit different tack on that. Um, we're using QR codes and smartphones, and that's just helping I-502 licensees to easily and quickly comply with the state requirement. So as, as um, everything moves out of the black market into legitimate industry, we hope to be um, one of the companies helping I-502 licensees comply with that law. For our audience out there, too, Weed Tracker has a, a creative name. It's Weed, and then Tracker is spelled T-R-A-Q-R because of the QR codes that you guys use. How is your use of the QR codes different from maybe what the competition is doing out there? QR codes are scannable by any smartphone, and so everybody that we've talked to so far already has a smartphone in their pocket. It makes complete sense to use that commodity hardware to help them interact with the state compliance in real time. Uh, compliance is so annoying. If you do it 
eight seconds at a time at all of those instances where you must do something that requires reporting to the state, you can save a whole lot of time in the long run. Everybody has a device in their pocket that can interact with the system. So all of your employees and all the licensees are able to get the tedious work done in real time, focus on their grow, and well, and not get fined or the bad side of, of, of missing out on compliance. So you all not only help them to focus on their business, but at the same time uh, comply with all the rules, all the stringent rules that are in place so that their business doesn't get fined or deal with financial penalties that could potentially bankrupt their business. Is that right? I don't know that the fines would actually bankrupt the business, but the, the fines have been in 2000 and $5,000 range. If you can avoid that, all the better. Absolutely. David, you're the software developer for your company. Where are you all in the development of your platform? Have you launched and what more do you have to do? Uh, this morning we were helping a customer transfer like 26,000 grams of product. So it's, it's up and running and I'm giving, I'm giving two thumbs up here, but it's, it's up and running and, and fully functional. How many clients do you guys have now? Uh, just shy of 20. Very nice. And uh, Eric, as your business development, what are your company's goals? Uh, what were they coming into this point and what are they over the next few months? Well, this is, this is a very indus- interesting industry because it's a compulsory market. So anybody who's licensed as a legal cannabis business has to have compliance software. So then they're faced with an, with an absolute choice. And, um, you know, the other competitors that are out there, there's a couple that made their name in medical marijuana, and that's primarily a patient tracking issue. Then there are some large enterprise level companies that have come in, one using SAP applications, one using an industrial grow management application that they've grafted compliance onto. And what we did and what David did is, is took a very, very clear view of simple seed to sale compliance tracking using, as he said, smartphones and QR codes, using modern technology to just fall into the background and make compliance simple, easy, fast, and inexpensive. And so that's, that's our view of the marketplace. We think we have a competitive advantage on many levels. We're prepared to take this to an enterprise level and, compare, and combine it with many other functionalities. But right now, we're laser-focused on helping people comply quickly, simply, and inexpensively. Nice. Thanks, Eric. What, what is it like working not only for a startup but for a Canatech startup? What do, what do you guys like about this industry? It's still pretty wild west. But Eric and I have both done startup businesses before, so this is not our first rodeo. Uh, it is our well, it's my first business in uh, the cannabis industry. Uh, so far, it's been pretty awesome. The MJBA, WAMJA, loads of these other groups uh, have monthly events that are informative and great for building community. There's a bundle of forums on the internet that exist. Uh, for people to exchange the information, what they're learning uh, with their interactions with the LCB. It's been awesome. Just for the audience, that LCB is the Liquor Control Board. We have a lot of uh, acronyms in this industry as they happen in others. Uh, and guys, this, you know, I forgot to do this, but do you guys want to talk about your backgrounds a little more before coming into this industry? I mean, this is, this is something that you guys have done in other industries and now you're taking your skills here. But tell us a little bit about yourselves and your past work experience. Sure. Um, this is Eric. And, and uh, in my past experience, I've worked all the way from freshy startup companies all the way to Fortune 250 companies, all sorts of 
uh, sort of where technology meets process and functionality. You know, I'm fortunate to have an MBA from Seattle U and, and uh, really active in the entrepreneurship community in Seattle. You know, I have been an advocate for cannabis for many years and, and uh, you know, prohibition is difficult for a lot of people. I happen to think it was one of the worst policy decisions ever in the, in the history of the United States. Um, ruined our criminal justice system, criminalized people who are simply using a medicinal plant. Um, so I'm very passionate about the industry, and and I feel like it's a real combination of my ethic and interest and professional uh, aspirations all combined. So uh, David and I met, and we're and I'm bringing together um, you know my business development skill in the cannabis industry. Um, so it's, it's, um, we're calling it Canatech up here in Seattle and there's a lot of energy and focus on this industry, extremely collegial, very, very close, you know, cooperative arrangements with people in the industry. We're really trying to move it forward quickly with a, with a great professional ethic. So I'm excited about it. I've been in the startup entrepreneurship scene around Seattle since I uh, left, uh, Microsoft in the year 2000 or thereabouts. I uh, went through the dot-com uh, bubble. That was exciting. I uh, was then starting a consulting firm, which helped a lot of different uh, startup and early-stage businesses uh, get their technology squared away. I worked on some loan origination software for a local bank that sold that to Bank of America. Um, I currently host a uh, entrepreneur open uh, coffee meetup uh, every week, uh, getting early-stage entrepreneurs uh, to meet and greet with other investors and get started on a uh, lean startup development process. How old, how old is your company? Um, when did you guys form? Uh, WeedTracker started as a concept January 2014. We had thought about it a little bit before that and watched what was going on in the MJ business, uh, what was going on with the state contract with BioTrack. As we started paying more attention to that, we noticed that there was a monopoly situation and that the licensees were not really excited about the solution that they had available to them at the time. That is a clear market opportunity. Um, Weed Tracker is the third version of the name. The first two were so terrible, I don't want to mention them. <laughs> um, but Weed Tracker, we got uh, in May and um, you know, started uh, showing the product to licensees and, and getting them on board. David, you touched on something there that I really I want to hit and focus on, and, and we may have to carry over into into the second segment for that. But you mentioned BioTrack, and you mentioned a state contract and a monopoly. Who is BioTrack, and how do they how do they relate to the state of Washington? Uh, BioTrack is a uh, medical cannabis, uh, primarily focused on medical cannabis. Uh, they're out of Florida. They have. Hundreds of customers in uh, like 24 states. Um, and when Washington State was looking at how to put together a system to audit trail everything about the cannabis grow, uh, BioTrack was, uh, you know, the, from, a, from a dozen or so vendors that applied, BioTrack was uh, the, the, the winner of the contract with the state of Washington. They built the internal system for the Liquor Control Board. And they also built a public fair access system to this uh, uh, traceability system at mjtraceability.com. They also make uh, an API for software vendors such as ourselves to integrate with. And they also make a commercial solution that the I-502 licensees can purchase. And our competition with them is, is only on that commercial solution. 
Very nice. I'm gonna. I want to pick up that conversation when we get back. It's time to take a break, though. This is Cannabis and Commerce. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Thanks for listening. Cannabis and Commerce, presented by GreenBiz.com. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Looking to capitalize your cannabis business? You need the help of professionals who know the ins and outs of this industry and can help your business grow. You need the Green Consulting Group. We grow cannabis. Based in Colorado and working nationwide, we are experts in business strategy and understand the intricacies of operating within existing regulatory structures of this burgeoning industry. We offer business planning and market analysis, dispensary and cultivation management, marijuana license preparation, and regulatory compliance services. The Green Consulting Group are your consummate cannabis consultants and advocates, offering customized, cutting-edge professional consulting services to the cannabis industry. Find out how we can help you by visiting the Green Consulting Group at G-R-E-E-M-E-B-I-Z.com. Green Consulting Group does not constitute legal or other professional advice on any subject and always recommends seeking the advice of independent counsel and business professionals. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com The conversation continues. Welcome back to Cannabis and Commerce, presented by GreenBiz.com, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to Cannabis and Commerce. I am your host, Josh Miller. I'm joined today with David Busby, Eric Ogden of Weed Tracker. Uh, Weed Tracker is a seed to sale tracking platform um, that helps with compliance issues for the legal cannabis industry. Um, again, as they mentioned, um, the regulations require that every piece of cannabis, every bit of cannabis that is sold to a consumer in a store, is tracked and traced all the way back from the beginning of that plant's life. These guys have developed software. Um, that allows businesses to do that in a very fluid manner. Before the break, we were talking about Biotrack THC, uh, a, a somewhat a competitor to your guys in one of the space, and they won a contract with the state to do their back-end traceability. Uh, can you guys talk more about other competition out there and, and how you differentiate yourselves? I mean, don't be shy, guys. Like, what makes you guys so great? I mentioned before the break, um, you know, that there are some enterprise-level competitors um, that would be a company called Viridian Sciences out of Washington State. There's Agrisoft. I think they're uh, out of the Midwest. And then there's the two medical marijuana patient tracking software companies that are now also trying to do compliance. That's Biotrack THC and MJ Freeway. What, what distinguishes us is that we've taken a very fresh, modern software approach being in Seattle, we're constantly on the cutting edge, exposed to everything new and more effective in terms of software development. And, and David, you know, is fortunate to have a lot of relevant experience and, and rolled out a really nice compliance software that basically simplifies everything. It's a, it's a skin on top of a very complex regulatory system. So it's app-like in appearance. When you go on to Weed Tracker, you see how simple it is. It, it, uh, you can sign on for free demos. Uh, it takes you through tours. Um, now, it's not as simple as, as a typical app 
yet because we're an agile software company and we're constantly refining it, it's going to only improve. You know, we've seen the response that we've gotten. We have tons of interest from a lot of people who want to simplify this. And I would just say that, you know, from my perspective, everything good in computing happens mobile now. Um, that's our sole focus is mobile, agile, flexible compliance tracking with your smartphone. Back to the background in, uh, you know, specifically in entrepreneurship, there's been a, a big push recently towards a, a, a methodology called lean, you know, and, and inside of the lean world and the, and the Silicon Valley entrepreneurship realm, mobile first is also a mechanism to get your software, your solution in the hands of the consumer uh, faster. And for us, that made perfect sense since the mobile phone can also be combined as the scanner for the information that you have to deal with. Scan your plant, tap a button, now you're compliant. I don't think it could be easier. David, you talked about mobile first, and in and, and, and our software company we use that same term as well. Our developer, Will, who you chatted with, oh, yeah. is a mobile first de- uh, developer as well. I know the name is somewhat um, intuitive, but can you talk more about what mobile first development is, and especially since you guys are using Q- QR codes on the phone, why it's so important for you? Mobile first is mostly a, a a guidance towards making the application functional from the mobile phone as as the priority. I mean, it can be a web based application, it can be a mobile application, it can one of various constructs for how the application gets onto a device. But focusing on that mobile platform first. People don't need a computer. People can come by our booth at Canacon and start using the application right there. There's, there's no delay from want of the product to being able to start using the product. There's no setup. There's no additional hardwares to buy. There's no crazy other things to, to think about. There's no weird scanner that you have to purchase from some dodgy vendor and then wait six weeks for delivery. Pull out your phone, web, enter. Let's go. Is it fair to say that you guys are uh, much easier for your users, a much more fluid platform than some of your competition? At first we were not, but the, you know, these early stage technical partners that we had, uh, we were fortunate enough to have some, some early stage customers that were very vocal. Uh, a lot of stuff we built, the technology to follow what the law says to do, and as these producers and processors were going through, and they recognized issues in the workflow. They brought those issues in the workflow to us. We went back and forth with them a couple of times and discovered, you know, here's a, a better methodology for how to, as an example, create the outbound transfer for all of the products that you have or how to, uh, you know, batch mark a bunch of waste for disposal or something like this. If, you know, if you can save somebody six minutes every day for the whole life of their business, that's something I think I could brag about. Well, and what, not only time, but what about price? Um, what, is, what is the standard in the industry right now, and how do you guys save people money, too? I don't know if there's a standard in the industry right now. We hear a lot of rumors about prices, and those rumors vary so widely. I don't think I could give a definitive answer. Our product is reasonably priced based around those rumors that we've heard. Um, in some situations, you know, compared to some of the vendors, we are... 20% of the cost compared to the other vendors. We're slightly more on a monthly basis. But again, we don't have a setup fee, very little additional hardware to buy. I mean, if you don't have a printer, you'll need to buy a printer. You're right. Maybe no standard, but I've heard a lot of RFID tags and that they're 
40, 50 cents a pop. Um, do you guys have any similar like per per code oh. basis and those types of things? <laughs> oh yeah, the Avery label templates that you can purchase at Staples or Home Depot or Walgreens or not, excuse me, not Home Depot, Office Depot. But uh, any of those things are are very inexpensive. They are less than five cents a label. Uh, not everybody's interested in in using these printable labels. Uh, you can print it out on a regular piece of paper with scissors, and then you know, affix it to your plant or affix it to the container or affix it to the wall of the room or your vehicle or whatever these QR codes need to be affixed to, you can do that for, you know, pennies a label. Uh, We are working with a company called Ballard Outdoor to get magnetic labels to put on your vehicle just so that there's a big QR to scan on the outside to make some data entry easier. Uh, Not sure about the price on this large magnetic label, but Ballard Outdoor will treat you right, I know for sure. David, a couple of questions ago, you mentioned Canacon, and I know Canacon. It's a large industry trade show, but um, what do you guys do to market yourselves, to get yourselves out there to users? Early on, we haven't done anything. We went to the MJBA events. We went to the WAMJA events. Um, the last Canacon that came through, we thought about uh, attending as an exhibitor, but just decided to go and check it out instead. Uh, now that we've had a number of folks push through our software and, and give us a lot of feedback, uh, we're ready for phase two, you know, ramping up to onboard, you know, uh, more than, you know, one customer a week. Uh, Canacon is going to be great exposure for something like that. That's probably our first big step for marketing. Uh, we'll be doing a booth at the this month, uh, January's uh, MJBA, possibly at the WAMJA. And, uh, you know, we're looking at, getting some uh, advertising placed in uh, Sativa Magazine and uh, some of these other new 502-specific industry papers. And are you all you're going to have a booth at uh, this next Canacon coming up in late February, is that right? That's right. And that's in Seattle? Yep. So if you're in Seattle or going to be around for Canacon, make sure you check out Weed Tracker. Um, we need to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk some big-picture goals and aspirations of you guys. Um, again, this is Cannabis and Commerce. Thanks for listening. Cannabis and Commerce. Presented by GreenBiz.com. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. Setting fire to the stoner stereotype. Sparking up candid conversations with cannabis researchers, entrepreneurs, and advocates. Educator, author, and advocate Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the Cannabis Crusade. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. The conversation continues. Welcome back to Cannabis and Commerce, presented by GreenBiz.com, only on CannabisRadio.com. 
Welcome back to Cannabis and Commerce. I'm your host, Josh Miller. We're joined today by David Busby and Eric Ogden of Weed Tracker. Um, we've been talking about their seed to sale tracking software. Um, guys, I want to talk about some more big picture stuff. Like, what do you what do you love about working in this industry? What type of successes have you had already, and where do you think they'll lead you in the future? We we touched on that a little bit, but I would say that the overall feeling and theme of the Canatech industry here in Seattle is that it is blowing up. That's the only way to describe it. The the participation level, the enthusiasm, the investment attention, the technology uh, prowess that's being brought to this industry is really exceptional. I've never seen anything like it since since the dot com explosion. And in certain ways, this is much more interesting because it combines physical, tangible product, agriculture with technology. And that intersection is really dynamic. Um, It starts all the way from, you know, a company that most people have heard of now, Leafly, which is a consumer app. They don't really like being called the Yelp of weed, but that's what it is. And, um, And so, you know, you can find out everything you want about marijuana. And that's, that's a great thing. And it won the consumer app of the year last year. It's really easy to use. It's a beautiful app. That's an example. And they're one of the privateer holdings companies in Seattle. Um, then, of course, there's, you know, um, in Canada, one of their other investment companies is Tilray. There's um, Lafitte, which is a research organization based on, um, you know, the investment from privateer. There's ArborMain, which is a collaborative grow space. And all of this is coming out of Seattle. All of it's coming out of uh, money from Privateer. And then there's, there's tons of companies that are totally unaffiliated with that, but definitely associated through the technology industry. You know, we've got Cannabis Commodities Exchange, um, which is out of Colorado uh, with operations in Seattle as well. Um, really changing the perception of marijuana as a, as a major industrial crop, as well as hemp, which we're not even talking about. Um, and then there's companies like uh, High Tech, um, which is a digitized real-time grow management software company out of Seattle. We're very close with them. There's a company called EUNU, which is digital digitally controlled plasma lighting. Uh, for very specific grow operations. This is all pertaining to indoor, industrial-sized marijuana grow operations. Um, and so, you know, we're really becoming aligned with a lot of these companies. And then on the, on the testing and technology side, there's a lot of amazing things happening. There's Eden Labs. There's Steep Hill Halent. There's, you know, companies like um, Joe Arms and Analytically Correct. Uh, really bringing all sorts of, of great technology, strength, understanding, and, and uh, prowess to this industry. So it's super exciting. And, um, and just, you know, talking about just kind of projecting. Again, we're focused on the here and now because this industry is happening now. We want to help the industry happen the best way that it can. But in the future, we've got grand vision. You know, CCX is talking about being a national, if not international, exchange. Weed Tracker, we would like to be a... a, a a really great compliance solution for anybody who's licensed in the cannabis industry, not only in Washington state, but in Oregon and then Colorado and then perhaps New Mexico or Massachusetts or whoever comes next, because it's going to be a procession of states that legalize cannabis. So um, it's a very exciting time. And because we built our our software with uh, very robust modular protocol, we're able to 
to just attach to any data stream very quickly. We were the first company that linked to Leafly's API. So we're out there, we're pushing the envelope forward, and, and we're really excited about the industry. So you guys right now are based in Washington. Um, what, or do you have any specific uh, expansion plans as of right now? And more than that, what, what types of things do you think you need to look at as you go into different states that may be different from what you face here in Washington? Uh, regarding that expansion plan, we have been working with like uh, groups like CCSE and getting involved with some of the lobbying groups. The traceability software that, that we had to build, some of the steps that the licensees have to go through seem pretty ludicrous. Uh, I've, I've worked in regulated industries before, uh, you know, in, in banking. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's only a little more severe in the banking industry, but you're messing with, you know, hundreds of thousands of people's millions and millions of dollars, uh, mostly just in agricultural business. You know, and if you talk about other adult regulated products like alcohol, you know, brewers aren't telling the state every time they move a, a barrel of liquor from one room to the next. So that's pretty burdensome. We're hoping that by making it simple, maybe the state can realize that it doesn't have to be so much detail as long as we know how much product there was and how much it sold for so we can get our taxes. Maybe as Oregon comes online, we can somehow influence that to simplify their solution. And as other states come online, we hope we can have an influence there. And when those states come online, you know, we're, we're looking at being integrated with whatever traceability systems they have. But we have to wait for a legislature in those states to actually take some of that action first. David, you just hit on a couple of things with collecting of taxes. Uh, what is the biggest driving force behind the seed to sale tracking? Is it taxes? Is it uh, prevention of diversion? Is it those things combined? What is the state most worried with in your mind? In the law, it looks like they're worried a lot about diversion. Um, I'm pretty certain they're worried more about taxes. <laughs> That's a personal opinion only. But money, money talks. Huh? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm sure that you know, in lots of states that are strapped for cash for whatever reason, it looks like an easy way to start getting lots and lots of tax revenues from a product that lots and lots of people use and. You know, send taxes are, are generally a pretty good way to get revenues out of the population. It's, it's better than high taxes on everyone. Those who choose to use a particular product can pay an additional tax for tobacco or alcohol or the like. So cannabis fits in there very well in the mind of any politician I've spoken with. And, and just, for, um, just for a little perspective on that, Washington State is known as the Apple State. We grow a ton of apples up here. We have very good climate for it. They say that industry is about a $1.4 billion industry annually, and the projections for cannabis in Washington State in 2018 is $2 billion. That's, uh, that's pretty amazing, and it's quite some perspective on that. What, uh, last question for you guys. What, what's the best thing about working in the cannabis industry for you so far, and what are your personal goals for working by working in this industry? I thought the biggest benefit was going to be getting all kind of free samples, but <laughs> that actually has not played out like I wanted it to. I've been a cannabis user for quite some time and was never really that particular about my bud. And as I've been into this, in this industry you know, since the last year, I've learned a ridiculous amount uh, about the product as a as a medicine and also as a recreational use. Various kinds of uh, you know strains that I mean, 
Last year, I didn't know, but this year, I do know. Uh, we need some more sour diesel around here. David, real quickly, when you said free samples, um, it made me think, I mean, the reason they can't give you free samples is because of the need for seed-to-sale tracking, right? Every single piece has to be tracked, and they can't just cut a little off and put it to the side. Uh, that's correct. They, they can cut a little off for the QA sample, but you know that goes through a laboratory process processors, retailers, they're prohibited from using coupons, they're prohibited from too much promotion, which includes free samples, they're restricted on their advertising, uh, all the traditional stuff you can do to market alcohol or pornography, you cannot do to market cannabis. Eric, any last thoughts? What do, what do you love about this industry? I would, I would just say, um, you know, there's wonderful people. Everybody I've met has been really authentic, really interested in, in propelling this industry forward with an ethic that differs from, let's say, other, other um, you know, quote-unquote syntax industries. Um, because marijuana has a huge medicinal value, we're completely in support of the medical community. We're completely in support of legislating correct medical use and keeping that industry separate and vibrant um, because I fully believe in that. And so that's one thing that's really exciting. The last thing I would say is that... Um, you know, marijuana was was prohibited under law for over 70 years. Uh, it was it was it was demonized in the 70s um, in the Nixon administration. It became part of a Schedule One narcotic. It became a culture war. It became a, a criminal prosecution parade. Um, it's none of it has been good. And I say this is good for America. We want to do it correctly. We want to help people legislate make this a legal product um, and, and have a very nice industry that other states can refer to and say, oh, it does work, and this is how it works. And i got to say personally, these two guys are some of the most authentic, wonderful people I've met. Um, I absolutely agree with the things you say. You guys are providing a platform that increases legitimacy for this growing movement, and that's a very powerful thing. Uh, this is going <laughs> to have to be it for our show today. Um, it is a growing movement. It is a growing movement. Huh? <laughs> no um, but I'm going to check back with you guys in about six months or so, get some updates on you and where, you, where you've gone since this time. Uh, thanks so much for joining me. We're going to talk soon. This has been another installment of Cannabis and Commerce. I'm your host, Josh Miller, signing off. No matter who you are or where you are, just make sure you keep fighting for a little more freedom. Till next time. Thanks, guys. The opinions and thoughts expressed by the Green Consulting Group and its guests on this radio show do not constitute legal or other professional advice on any matter. We always recommend that listeners seek the advice of independent counsel. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.